7.44. Good morning. Thanks for being with us on this Thursday. It's one of the busiest news days in a while. A ton going on. Of course, we just broke another 18 records for warmth across the province yesterday. We've been telling it to you in the news with Andrew Shepherds. Yeah, the latest from Environment Canada. Regina yesterday did not break a record. But Cornac hit 15. Rockland 16. Maple Creek the darling of these warm areas got to 17.5 degrees. The community has come alive. And Maple Creek Mayor Michelle McKenzie says people are enjoying themselves as if spring was already here. And now today we say hello to February. This warming trend, as you've been hearing in my forecast, it's going to be continuing it's certainly over the next couple days. Eight today, seven tomorrow, nine on Saturday for highs. Those all could be record days. I think records have fallen in various communities around the province almost every day this week. Hey, as of today, if you want to buy tobacco or vape products, you have to be at least 19 years old, a one-year bump from 18 to put it in line with the legal age of buying alcohol. The Mole government first announced the change this past November. It's the start of rotating strikes that begin today for teachers, not province-wide this time, not like we had witnessed in the last, well, few weeks. It was a one-day strike province-wide. Not the case this time, so that means that Regina classes are on as per usual. Instead, these will be for school divisions around Moose Jaw, Prince Albert, the Battle Fords as well, where we'll see these rotating strikes. Some 35,000 students will be out of class, and so will 3,000 teachers. And of course, the big news today, the coroner's inquest in Melfort is now over. 29 recommendations were just made, so something like the mass stabbing by Miles Sanderson on and around James Smith Cree Nation never happens again. Anything similar to that. The recommendations include more resources for programming both inside and outside of jail, improved staffing in various RCMP units, and the First Nation itself ensure house numbers and street signs are visible and mapped for emergency vehicles. You can head to cjme.com to read the recommendations for yourself. The other big one we're going to be talking about with Mayor Sander Masters in just moments, the new decision on whether you're allowed chickens in your backyard. The mayor will join me next. CJME News Time is 746. 7.50 and as always, Thursday mornings at this time, we are joined by the mayor, Sandra Masters. Good morning to you, mayor. Good morning, Kevin. Uh, so warm temps are almost too much for frost, Mayor, considering a lot of the activities are ice-related. How are the kids going to go down the trusty ice slide? It might be more of a trusty slush slide at this particular point in time, but I'm not complaining. I think, you know, to remind ourselves that it's January or early February in Saskatchewan, and it's incredibly enjoyable to be outdoors. I think it's good news. Yeah, record-breaking temps for sure. Okay, I want to talk chickens with you because this is a big talker, I know, around the office and from other people that I've heard. So no hens in backyards after all, at least at this time. Council actually split the vote. It was 5-5, but of course that means that it's defeated. The motion was for a pilot project, so even if it would have went through, it would have only been really a test. You voted against it, your reasoning. 
honestly, it's a matter of priorities right now. Um, We know over the course of the last three years, council has continually expressed its frustration at folks reaching out into councillors or my office about bylaw enforcement and bylaw bylaw concerns. And so we've got someone new in charge of that department. So dedicating 100 hours worth of consultation and uh, meetings doesn't seem to make any sense when we need to get right with some of what we already have. Um, in addition, uh, you know, for 20 people, I'm not sure you don't, if, if, if this is not an issue with cities across the country, although there's a, a small amount of them that have this, uh, just learn from them and leapfrog right past a pilot project. But there's some, there's some work and some questions that need to be asked and just not tying up the resources of the city when we've got, we got some really big issues to deal with. Yes. Yeah, so you as a mayor haven't heard overwhelming support for people wanting uh, chickens, hens in their backyard then? No, no. Uh, My my sense of overwhelming might be different than others. I appreciate the passion and, uh, frankly, learned quite a bit yesterday. But when we have, uh, you know, animal bylaw enforcement officers and animal welfare folks that are already overwhelmed with more than 3,000 calls a year, um, like to add capacity for the uptake doesn't seem to make sense. So if you're going to spend even $20,000 on 20 people, uh, when you have a whole bunch of other priorities that come before that, it, it just doesn't at this time seem to make sense to me, but that doesn't mean that it doesn't make sense in the future. Now, and speaking of which, Councillor Shannon Zagidniak brought this forward. She says she may bring this motion back up after the fall's civic election. Of course, I, I suppose that's assuming get, she gets reelected. Mayor, do you plan on being a part of that next council? <laughs> that's a great way to ask that question yet again. Um, at this particular point in time, I'm elected to serve out until November of 2024, and I'm going to continue to do that. There is no announcement at this time. we got work to do. we got a ton of work to do, and frankly, a responsibility to whoever is the next council to get some things right within the city of Regina. Okay, I thought I'd sneak that in because we heard from Charlie Clark in Saskatoon <laughs> over the past week. So, hey, also at this latest council meeting, joined this morning by uh, Mayor Sandra Masters, you guys talked housing. What was on the table here, and what decision was made there? So in terms of there was one piece around bylaw changes for the housing accelerator fund money coming from the federal government, roughly three to six million dollars. But another one was Councillor uh, Hawkins motion about making sure we understand what service land is available and how we can get rid of barriers to getting product to, to getting land available for developers, whoever wants to do it. So both of those things. And what we know is that the city doesn't understand its own infrastructure. We don't know what pipes are where and what capacity are. And so they're working through that planning and development is working through that right now. But there are some zoning changes on terms of by by right anywhere in the city, you can put up a duplex now. Um, and then there's more to come in terms of more uh, higher rise along major bus routes. And then within uh, 800 meters of, of transit routes, we're just trying to accommodate the fact that you've got a market that says, you know, 40 to 50% is rental. And uh, where can we put that rental in in areas where we already have parks and roads and infrastructure so that we're not just, you know, continually having to invest in new. We've got a lot of it already. So how can we maximize the use of some of the land in the city? What else it could mean uh, for me? I'm reading perhaps, Mayor, maybe slightly taller buildings, fourplexes. What about parking as well? Uh, it's uh, removed as a, as a as a requirement and is now a recommendation. Ultimately, at the end of the day, we want the market to react. So if you build something right next to a transit route, you may not, you might, as a developer, think, I don't need as much parking. Uh, if you're further away, you might think the market might say, hey, I need to have one parking stall per unit. But but let some let the folks that are building these buildings figure that out. Joined this morning by Mayor Sandra Masters. Back to warm temps, Mayor. 
Um, what does the winter maintenance gang do when there's no or very little snow or ice on roads to have to clear away? I will find out from administration for you. I know there's always uh, work to be done. We know that whether it's uh, servicing fleet vehicles or it's uh, doing other types of work, getting ready for the construction season. But I will uh, I will get the particulars of that for you for next week. Well, thanks for your time, Mayor. Are you off to Frost this weekend? I am off to Frost this weekend. Looking forward to uh, walking through Glow again. Appreciate your time as always. Take care. Thanks so much. the opposite of a winter wonderland. Hey, they're trying their best at the Frost Festival to keep some events going with this warm weather. For example, today, there had been an 80s skate party planned downtown on the ice of Victoria Park. That's been changed, not cancelled, but changed to an 80s dance party in the park. It was supposed to be skating, they're going to dance now. Dress up in your best 80s wear. Get the mullet wigs. Maybe you have a mullet. Bring it down. On the line with me now this morning is Kathleen Betker, Major Event Manager at Real District, talking more about Frost. Good morning, Kathleen. How are you doing today? I'm doing really well, thank you. How are you? I'm excellent. Uh, for a lot of people, this forecast is very nice. It's making a lot of people feel good. Uh, what kind of impact is this mild weather having on the Frost Festival? Uh, it's definitely a bit of a challenge. You know, for us, the sweet spot is kind of that minus 10 to minus 15, so Seeing numbers like plus 8 and plus 11 definitely make us sweat a little bit. (laughs) Yeah, and so we just found out that the Wiscana Rink, for example, uh, it had to be closed earlier this week. It's kind of a day-by-day. Is it going to be warm enough uh, that conditions will continue to deteriorate? I mean, that much we don't really know. What, What else is impacted? Are there any other activities, events that you guys have had to say, no, we can't do this because it's too warm? Uh, well, right now we've got an on-site team that's watching all of our outdoor activations really closely. So, I mean, we are doing the best that we can to, you know, keep our ice sculptures covered, try and protect the, the snow maze and the ice slides so that those things will make it through the week so we can enjoy them on the weekend. Um, it, but it is really kind of a day-by-day, like every day we're going out there checking things out, seeing how they look, and uh, just kind of doing the best we can to uh, take care of what we've got for activation. Yeah, that's right. The ice slide, I know that was uh, a big draw last year, still pretty popular this year. Oh, so popular. I think there are, there are kids that run up and down that hill all day, and then they go home and crash. <laughs> <laughs> so, hey, on the flip side of this, Kathleen, um, how has attendance been? Has it Have the mild temps brought more people out? Uh, you know, the first weekend looked really good for us. Uh, attendance was definitely down from where we were hoping. Um, but you, walking through those hallways, you wouldn't have known it. There were smiling faces everywhere. People were having a great time. Um, our glow stage and performances were absolutely packed. So, I mean, people are definitely coming out and taking it in. We just, just need a few more folks to come out. What other events would you uh, maybe highlight for people who have maybe never been to Frost or maybe have been to Frost, but they just haven't been to those specific events? Sure. I mean, there's so much to take in. And, you know, every hub does a really great job at focusing on kind of a different area for, for what kind of programming they want to put on. So it, it's definitely worth taking in all the different hubs, all the different activities, um, depending on what your interests are and, you know, your family dynamic and what kind of things you want to do. There, there really is something for everybody out there. Um, you just got to take a look at the schedule and, and see where you want to go. What is one event or activity that is that has to be on your frost 
festival bucket list? What does everybody need to do? Oh, I mean, I'm a little impartial on this one, but I feel like everybody has to walk through Glow. Um, Real, you know, uh, Real has brought in Glow quite a few times now. We've had it every year. It's our third year, um, and we've done a lot of work on really revamping it. Uh, changing the structure, changing the layout. The feedback that we have gotten from the first weekend has been absolutely phenomenal. There are folks saying that this is the best layout they've ever seen. This is the best experience they've been to. Um, it's so much improved from last year, and like we're we're very, very proud for the work that we've done, but you have to walk through GLOW. Is there anything else, Kathleen, any other message that you want to get out uh, to the public before things start to ramp up here for the weekend at Frost? Uh, you know, it, the big thing is really just come on out, see what there is, um, you know, Frost at Real particularly has a lot of great programming available. Um, the, the Sunday brunch, we've got a teddy bear triage happening on uh, on the Saturday. Um, we've got a really great ticket promotion for families. You can get a family pack, which is two adult and two youth uh, at a really great discounted price. And there's just there's so much to see and do. You can spend all day. Well, I appreciate your time this morning, Kathleen. Thank you very much. You're so welcome. Eight twenty-two. That's it, Melford. Two and a half week corners inquest into the mass stabbing events on and around James Smith Cree Nation is over. Now we're left with a number of recommendations on how to prevent something like this from happening again. Nine eighty CJME senior reporter Lisa Schick has been there for every moment of this inquest. For us, she joins me now on the line. And Lisa, let's start with those recommendations, and there are quite a lot of them. Yeah, there were um, 29 recommendations in all, which is a a fair number. There were several from the jury themselves. They went uh, almost all corners. They went to uh, the correction service. They went toward um, the RCMP, and they went toward the James Smith cremation themselves. There were things like uh, the correctional service, you know, having more elders, hiring more elders. We certainly heard uh, during the evidence that the elders are kind of overworked. They have a lot on their plates. There aren't enough to give kind of the appropriate attention to offenders that they say that there needs to be. Um, there were recommendations around programming and needs to be more available um, and more focused on some particular things in that programming. Right, to the James Smith creation, the jury recommended that it be mandated that all houses should have house numbers posted on the front of the buildings in an easily visible location, as well as street signs be installed for all roadways and that mapping be updated and distributed to all emergency services as well. See, I didn't realize that in, well, not all cases they had, they didn't have, you know, identifiers, markers, so that emergency services personnel could actually go and, and find houses quickly. Yeah, there was talk during uh, the evidence that, some of them didn't have uh, house numbers. Some of them only had house numbers on the back. There aren't street signs on every street. So there was uh, a case where an RCMP officer, he went to the wrong house to clear that house. There was a case where uh, paramedics uh, turned into the wrong drive when they were coming up to the first house. So they had to kind of use their flashlights to direct them to the right house to get in there. 980 CJME senior reporter Lisa Schick. Uh, Lisa, you also heard from family of some of the victims uh, yesterday after the recommendations came out. Yeah, you know, uh, we heard from a few families that um, had standing, I guess, to speak for uh, some of the people who had passed um, during the inquest. They had been asking questions of witnesses. 
And they said, you know, they're, they're happy. They're with the rec- pardon me. They're happy with the recommendations that came out. They think that they're good. They think that they're kind of a start to what they had been asking for. There were at least a couple of recommendations that directly addressed some of the things that they were asking about. Daryl Burns was specifically asking about, you know, there are, it seems like these offenders get just passed along from person to person when they're in corrections, when they're behind bars, and they have to tell their story a bunch of times, and it just loses meaning. The person would almost certainly feel like nobody's listening because they have to tell their story so many times. So one of the recommendations was that uh, they have one consistent person with them as they go through in corrections. And the families were talking about, you know, that they're happy to have these things. They're not disappointed with any of the recommendations, but they did say, you know, if we come back in five years and there's no action on these recommendations, then that will be disappointing. And as this inquest ends, of course, we've been talking about it. Another inquest starts pretty soon here. Yeah, there is another inquest um, specifically into the death of Miles Sanderson. He died while he was in police custody. As you might remember, um, police kind of caught up with him on that September 7th on Highway 11. They guided him off the road, as they kind of say. And then they arrested him out of that white avalanche. But shortly after he was arrested, they say he went into medical distress and they took him to hospital in Saskatoon, but he died quite after that and anytime that there is a death in custody there is a mandatory um coroner's inquest in saskatchewan so we'll learn a little bit more about uh, how he actually died and kind of the circumstances around that that starts at the end of february well thanks for your time this morning lisa and appreciate the work that you've done on this story over the last 11 12 days now thank you very much thank you